Welcome to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie and Summer Babarak, sponsored by the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation and Das Greenhouse. And now, here's your host, Justin McKenzie. Welcome to Building Texas. My name is Justin McKenzie, and I'm here with Summer, Summer Babarak. Yes, Babarek. Babarek. My five-year-old Taryn loves to say your name. Oh, my God. He, he's, we're fundraising for a school, and he's, oh, you need to ask all your radio friends. Oh, that's and, and then he'll say, and Summer Babarek. And Summer Babarek. Because <laughs> first name is, we're on a we're on a double name basis, yeah, me and Taryn. You're up there. We're up there. I like it. Thank you, Taryn. Summer, how was your Thanksgiving? It's my Super Bowl. It is. It is my Super Bowl. So it was obviously excessive and extreme, but we all... Had an amazing time and ate ourselves to the gills, and so we're happy. And I've learned that you can get a roasting device. Yes, a roasting oven. It's a thing. Check it out. I love it. So we took our we cook our turkey in a roasting oven, and Justin had a really hard time understanding what a roasting oven was. So that way you can set it and forget it. Set the turkey over there, and your oven space is free for your casseroles and your rolls and your pies and your ham. I learned so many things on this show, and that's what I expected. We're here with Angela today. We're excited. She came in for the Kendall County, Bernie Kendall County Angel Network pitch event tonight, and we're excited to highlight Party Dip and really tell your story because we found you through a connection in our community that goes all the way back to the East Coast, but you're in Austin, and it really highlighted to me how small the network can be when you're in this world of entrepreneurial support and entrepreneurial growth and ecosystem building. So Angela Hine, thank you for joining us today. And where would people have maybe seen some of the work you've done in the past? Thank you so much for having me today. I listened to a few episodes on the way here and I was so impressed with how incredible the people have been, the guests on your show and what amazing things they've accomplished. So really honored to be here. Some of the brands that I've worked for, one of the startups in Austin, when I first moved to Texas, was called Genesis Today, and that was about a $70 million local mid-sized startup. From there, I launched a couple of startups myself. Natural Citizen was a supplement brand that you could find at Sprouts and Vitamin Shop, about a thousand different retailers and online. And we did a ton of local events, including here, we did the San Antonio Marathon, the awesome marathon. We were at a lot of local events. And then I launched Camp Foods, which is a hidden vegetable macaroni and cheese line. Yes. Inspired by our children. So my co-founder and I's children who are very picky eaters, obviously. And we developed pancakes, granola bars and everything. And, and then we recently sold that company in 2021. That's amazing. As a mom, just getting the kids to eat the healthy food. It's just so hard. Kudos and amazing on an exit. That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Everything that we do, my co-founder is with me on Party Dip, which is my new venture, the same one from the food company. And everything we do, we try to help moms with the problems that we have in everyday life. That's what I really am excited to show our community tonight with Party Dip because it's a marketplace for the competitive birthday party. And until I had kids and I didn't understand how that really does take a lot of effort to put together, but then it's the mental load of where am I going to get this? How am I going to do it different than the last three birthday parties we had last weekend? And you do that so gracefully. And I just like the innovation from your kids and from the family dynamic, turning it into a food company 
and now turning it into party dip. Kudos. Yeah. Really enjoy it. Well, inspired by everyday life and just yeah. things that we are capable of doing as well. We don't have tech backgrounds. We're marketers. And um, these are things that we were able to create ourselves through my first brand I formulated in my kitchen. And Party Dip, my co-founder Heidi and I, we built all the tech by ourselves with a little bit of help from some HTML coding from ChatGPT, things like that. (laughs) Amazing. We pieced together this entire MVP. But now we are raising some capital so that we can build what the MVP proved to be our biggest opportunity and bring that to market and then scale it. I think that's so typical of female founders, though. I'm going to jump in on no, female. Please do. I, I mean, to. okay, good. Because I think that, and I say this over and over, Justin's heard me say this so many times. We have learned that people who are closest to the problem are usually the best suited to solve it. And that, that spans everything from huge corporations. Don't ask your executive how to fix a problem on the quality line. Ask somebody on the quality line. And I think that's so true of female founders. And so many that I see in recent years are solving problems that are affecting them every day. And the idea that those are isolated events is just laughable. All moms have that problem. It's true. And it takes moms to solve them. And it takes some funding to help moms create those products. Because a lot of us have maybe... I've been doing startups for several years, so I've been in the startup community, but I haven't been networking with, I haven't been working for a big company. My free time is often spent with my children, and so I don't have a huge network. And coming into the tech world and trying to fundraise in that has been a little bit more difficult for a mom problem. Yeah, I, wanna, I wanted to talk about that because you your startups have really change direction in terms of the industry that you're serving and the issues that you're dealing with in terms of how you build the startup, how you scale it and things like that. And I think that's really fascinating. You hear about tech entrepreneurs or life science entrepreneurs and they're serial entrepreneurs, but they tend to stay in the same industry. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what drew you to the different industries and what challenges that you had in moving those industries. Yes. So my background is in consumer packaged goods, and that inspired my first few companies. And after we sold that last company, my co-founder and I intended to launch another CPG brand. And we, for months, we were shooting ideas back and forth. And we were just like, she's everything. The market is just so saturated right now with new CPG brands coming to market. And it's a lot more difficult to get into retailers. It's a lot more difficult to break through the noise. And she said, so much has been done. She's, can't I get just a freaking cracker? Like everything has everything loaded into it. And so we started looking at other options and other problems that we experience as moms. And I happened to be planning my children's birthday parties right around the same time. And I was frustrated with the idea of I'm going to be bringing home a lot more stuff from my child's birthday party, which is a, you know, a sentiment that a lot of moms share. And so we started looking at that problem, and that led to the bigger picture of the overall birthday party. So I'm still in consumer for the most part. I'm still targeting the same consumer audience. The only difference is I don't have to worry about things like inventory and expiration dates and retailers and distribution centers and things like that. So I'm excited to build it once and then just keep improving it and scaling it. I think that speaks so much to, to your experience and what you've learned. You know this consumer. You know you're dealing with the same consumer. And quite frankly, I think as a repeat entrepreneur, 
you've simplified your path to that consumer, which I think is just brilliant. I'm so impressed. What I was really impressed with in the diligence that we did is how you tested the concept. Mm -hmm. You've really built partydip.co as a place to get feedback from your community. And oftentimes we see entrepreneurs that'll jump right in and think they know how to solve the problem. Can you talk about how did you build that and, and what have you learned from taking that approach? Yeah, we took the approach initially more as a registry idea, similar to how Zola or um, Babylist works with weddings and baby showers. And we talked to dozens of moms at that point and realized that the market wasn't quite ready for the registry factor. And so we had added in the supplies, the toys, the custom invites, and we used actually the local business directory as a traffic driver which is the only reason it's not monetized right now is because we built it with all these products in mind, not the local marketplace. And after we put it out to our audience to test it, that was what was driving all of our traffic and interests. And we were getting these inquiries into to businesses. So had we actually built the product the way we thought it was going to work, we would have spent a ton of capital. You're listening to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie and Summer Babarek. We're excited to be joined by Angela Hine, and we're talking about partydip.co, and I imagine it did save you a lot of money and a lot of time rebuilding a product or p trying to pivot later in life. What do you do with the data? And so now we're raising, you got to take it from a site that is testing into the market. What does that transition for you start to look like? Fortunately, we found an amazing tech founder over the summer as we were starting to explore what that looked like. And he was, he happened to be building a very similar platform and he pulled up the prototype and he was like, and I was like, that's exactly what we want. And so we joined forces and what it looks like is we do need to rebuild the platform. We're going to come out as a local vendor and venue marketplace first. And we're going to use that as a way to connect with parents and start gathering some data and things like that so that we are able to, to retarget them in the future and start layering on more features as we are able to grow and raise capital and build features. So what it looks like is relaunching in the first quarter once we raised and rebuilt. Our platform's already about 90%, 80% done. That's amazing. And so what's the vision for the company? Just walk me through if you got to cherry pick and draw it on a whiteboard, what does this look like for you? The company, the platform, the vision for the platform is that it will s completely simplify the party planning process and become like the one-stop shop for party planning, similar to how you go to Zola to plan a wedding. We'll utilize, after we have all the vendor data on there, we'll utilize some AI and other types of technology to guide moms through the process, put everything she needs at her fingertips and make it like what's normally a 10 hour plus process mm -hmm. of sourcing things and make it just a few clicks. Or if she wants to, she can look through everything that we have as well, vendors and venues and DIY it more. That's our vision for the platform. And then for the growth of the company, we plan to launch in Austin, make that as successful as possible. We already have some vendors here. We have Morgan's Wonderland. Oh, yeah. And San Antonio is on the platform. We have some in Kyle and Buda. So we are already outside of Austin a little bit, headed into this direction. So this would be a logical extension of that. And then we want to launch market by market and make each one successful. That seems to be the best approach for marketplaces. As we come back from the break, I want to dive into the impact that has on a platform level 
you're driving the planner to the company. And oftentimes in this space, we're seeing moms that have a side business doing charcuterie boards. We have a great one here in town. Uh, we have another one that does the balloon arches for parties, and that's a great business for her, and she's really leaning into it. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dasgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse. Welcome back to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie and Summer Babarek. We're joined today by Angela Hine, who's visiting from Austin. She's the co-founder of PartyDip.co, and this is not her first experience in the startup world. We were talking about your vision and how you're tying PartyDip in as a marketplace into the party planning industry, which is 80% female-led. I think it's really exciting and really interesting that you're bringing that together and, and lifting it, helping it be visible and connecting somebody with a great idea into their customer. But I want to go back to when you started as an entrepreneur. Where did you go and, and who was around you that helped you see that this was a path? Let's see. My entrepreneurial career started even as a youth, but I didn't really realize it because my parents are STEM, very fiscally conservative <laughs> STEM people who had careers in the same companies for over 35 years. And so I expected that would be my future too. Even though I was selling things, I had side businesses all through high school. But I started launching startups after I graduated college. And when I came to Austin, I really got my hands dirty at Genesis Today in the startup life. And I saw the opportunity, and even the founder there gave me a lot of opportunity. He promoted me very quickly put me in charge of a lot of things I had no idea how to do and I just had to figure out, which is pretty much daily life of an entrepreneur. So true. <laughs> and I made a bunch of mistakes, but I also had a, a ton of wins. And it was then that he kept, he told me that someday you're, you're gonna do this too. So when I went out to launch, I launched with a co-founder, my first company from the same company I was at before Genesis Today. And we had a lot of knowledge and background but there wasn't really like a CPG community in Austin at that time. There were a few people I could go to when I had a little bit of an issue, but we were actually considered the experts when we were launching based on our backgrounds. So over time, I have found fellow female founders to be my best resources for help, um, introductions, and knowledge. They're most willing to give us give time no, I think that's great. My parents come from a, a different generation. I was just telling everybody before the show. My dad turned 90 on the 9th. I'm, I'm adopted, so don't freak out. Uh, he was 51 when I was born. But I think that our peer group in terms of age, that was a lot of what you saw from your parents were these very long careers, happy or not, with a single entity and I think our age group was really the first one to buck that system 
And and it seems as though switching jobs, finding work-life balance, finding things that work better for you is something that we have really embraced. And I understand that thought of, oh, okay, well, that's just what you do. You go get a job at this company and then you feel like such a, a bad child when you're like, no, this kind of stinks. I don't want to do it. So I, I love that you just dove in there and said, nope, I'm just going to go do this thing. And I, you're so right. Daily life is, don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out by the end of the day. And through three businesses now, it's like I've figured out a lot, but every day it's still something new. But I want to key in what you correctly, I think, called out is you were doing this long before you knew you were an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You were in school doing this. And we spend a lot of time in our community helping the high school incubator program, Bernie ISD Incubator EDU. And what I love most about it is helping those kids understand that oh yeah, I'm already I'm mowing grass and I'm doing 20 yards a week. I'm running a business. Or for other students, it's, I didn't know you could do something other than what my parents had done. I was on a path, but this opened my eyes and said, there's a different world out there. So it's often when we talk to entrepreneurs, I, I like your origin story, but I appreciate that you called out, you were doing this long before you knew you were doing it. Yeah. And I think that uh, something that it has improved a lot since we were kids in the schools. I know that my son has a little bit more exposure to it and I've been trying to teach him as well. He actually just made his first Etsy sale yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so he was really excited. He made $7 profit. Excellent. Excellent. So I think it's, I'm trying to do what and guide him so that he doesn't spend those 10 years that I did after college figuring out what am I going to do? Yeah, but something I think that ties into that and going back to Party Dip is you talking about these moms that have these side businesses. And to some extent, that is them doing it before they realize they're doing it. And I can't imagine what it must be like to have a marketplace like Party Dip in the community activating these entrepreneurs and that entrepreneurial economy in the community. That is a huge economic value to the communities that you're moving into. Yeah, we see the opportunity even to, to make it more of a gig marketplace too. So if mom just has free time on the weekends and she wants to help with setup or cleanup of a party, she can list herself on the site to do that. It's more, there are a lot of stay-at-home moms that want some kind of income mm -hmm. and they want to help their family or they just need a little something to call their own. And we see a big opportunity on the weekends when dad is home, he can help care for the kids and they can go out and earn. And it minimizes that work gap mm -hmm. that so many of us face. If you take time off and you are home with the kids and then you try to go back and you have this huge gap that you have to explain, this gives you material to yeah. put there and help you get back out there. Yeah. That's Absolutely. amazing. I, I wonder just out loud if those moms or those people, wherever they are in life. Sure understand that they're entrepreneurs. I see a lot of people that say, oh, it's just a side hustle or I'm just yeah, making it happen. And they get lost. And I don't know that they know how to raise their hand, look for resources. And we do a lot of work with entrepreneurs to help them find community mm -hmm. and ensure that we do recognize that, hey, you're doing it until you're doing it. And my fear in, in all of this is those people that get lost in the crack. They're like, oh, I'm just delivering the bounce houses on the weekend. I'm not a startup. I'm not an entrepreneur. 
but they very much are, and they're very much living that lifestyle and not necessarily have a community or a, a purpose, but... A network or an... A... Yeah, they, they don't identify as an entrepreneur. They identify as I'm a hardworking person just getting through it. Yep. And if they had the identity of I'm an entrepreneur, would they look at it differently? Would they find a different community? And so I, I love what you're doing in the, building that network and, and giving them line of sight on a network of people in the local community. Thank you. But yeah, I think it is important that entrepreneurs get plugged into an ecosystem because if they don't recognize themselves as entrepreneurs, they don't identify as such, then they don't associate with other people who are motivated and and pursuing those same types of goals in different fashions. And what I love about Party Dip is it's giving, and I I would venture a guess, uh, and I'm out of my lane here, but I would venture a guess that it's very easy for the moms that come onto this platform to say, oh no, I'm not, I'm just. And I think those are just terrible words. (laughs) You're not just, you are. That's a great point. I'm Heidi handles most of our relationships with our vendors, but I'm sure I would 100% agree with you. I have a cousin that does cookies, and it's the same thing. It's just a little side hustle. I enjoy making cookies, right? No, you make gosh darn good cookies. (laughs) Get out there and tell people about them. At what point in your entrepreneurial journey, and I know you said you moved to Austin, did you recognize that connecting with other female entrepreneurs in that ecosystem was critical? It was with my second startup, actually, which was, I didn't even mention here, (laughs) which is another mom-focused business. But I actually only ran that for six months through the MVP phase, too. But it was when I transitioned the first time Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to go into tech. And tech was such a different space for me, and it's predominantly a male space. And so there's, it's easier to connect with the women in the space because there are so few of us Mm -hmm. and find out who is the who are the more female founder friendly people to go to for fundraising or the events or introductions or mentorship and things like that i'm always amazed when summer helps me understand how underinvested female founders are in the market what are some stats summer off the top of your head Easy peasy. So female founders receive less than 2% of all venture capital funding in the U.S. Um, But if you are an investor listening to this show, here's a really good reason why you should invest in female founders return 65 cents for every dollar invested versus their male counterparts who return less than 30 cents for every dollar invested. So not only are we a very good investment, we're doing more with less and returning more to investors. Yes. And from 21 to 22, the amount invested in female founders actually went down. Yes, it did. Unfortunately, to half percent or so it was. And what I'm seeing as a female founder and after in talking with VCs and speaking with them, where the real gap is in the earliest stages and getting women funded in the earliest stages. Absolutely. The 98 to 2 percent is at the VC level. It is. And a lot of that is because the deal flow is predominantly male, sure, white male. And that's because women aren't getting funded early enough. That's right. They don't even get to that standpoint. I, I, I can't argue that VCs would do much more with it once you get there. But in their defense, yes. they're not getting the same deal flow. That said, I will tell you, I was at an event recently in Houston. And one of the really interesting stats was despite the fact that female founding went down, of the unicorns generated during that time span, 
11% were female founded. Not only are we receiving less than 2%, it went down there, but we're also generating over 10% of the unicorns during that same time frame. You want to make money? Invest in female founders. Invest in women. We're excited to have you pitch tonight at the Angel Network and continuing to introduce you to our community here as we are trying to build that ecosystem and connect our ecosystem to Austin, to El Paso, Brownsville, all across the state. Because as we uplift each other, we're really recognizing that Texas is an entrepreneurial state, always has been. And that is a strong underpinning in our economy. And as we look at rural Texas, I think these communities have a great opportunity with the internet, with software, with AI and other platforms coming along to really go out and make a quick impact. When you look at Party Dip and what would your goal tonight be? What do you hope to accomplish while you're here in Bernie? I'm here in Bernie, which Bernie is beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Gorgeous. I think it. I think more people need to know about Bernie because it's such an adorable little downtown. It depends. <laughs> we want to be picky right. about who knows. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yes, just the businesses with 20 to 30 people that are really lucrative. Exactly. Those are the people we want. <laughs> I hope tonight. I hope to share the party tip story and make some connections that I can follow up with. That hopefully will bring investors on board to support Party Dip as we grow. We're thrilled to have you. I appreciate you coming down and, and that we made our connection the way we did because it really does show the power of our community and the power of everyone's community. And when we can bring that together, it helps us continue to support people like you and your vision for competitive birthday party. I love it. If, if you haven't already, please check out partydip.co. Give them some more data and then be on the lookout for a launch in Q1 of next year. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dasgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse. Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Now let's head over to the Patrick Heath Public Library with Miss Constance for Children's Story Time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4, this is Bernie Radio.